0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Going into the series called Rediscovering Christmas. Okay, so we're going to go back. <clears throat> we're going to go back to the very first Christmas. In fact, uh, if, we really, if we really stick to the tradition, we shouldn't even be celebrating on December, I think. It should be some other months. So anyway, that's what uh, we're going to be doing this four weeks until Christmas comes. So we're going to be looking at the real or uh, rediscovering what Christmas is about and who is it that we're celebrating or what is it that we're celebrating. Amen? So let's just go ahead and jump to uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and this is going to be our text for today. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as, uh, as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Verse 22, it says, so all this was done that it might might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord throughout the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, begin, uh, then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's just pray one more time. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that in this season, that uh, may we discover, and even throughout this uh, series, Father, I pray that we would truly understand and discover what it means that when you brought your son into this world. So Lord, I pray, Father, that you would open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and open our hearts to receive your word and what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're just... uh, uh, if you just jumped into Matthew, if you're familiar with the Bible, you already know what's going on. But if you're, just, if you're new to the Bible or you, you have no idea what uh, the book of Matthew is, it's like watching a movie where the scene starts with an action already or there's already a, a, a scene going on. It's just like a, trying to look for an example. And the first example that came into my mind was John Wick. Okay, not a good movie, I don't recommend it. (laughs) But John Wick, one of those types of movie where the action is already starting. And then after that scene, it stops and it says, a few days ago, or some years ago, or three years ago. So reading Machu is like that. It's already, there's already something going on, but yet, what's going on? You really don't know what's going on. So in order to really, to see what's going on in Machu, you gotta go back a little bit. In fact, you got to go back uh, some uh, hundreds and thousands of years. So here, let me show you what's going on. But verse in verse 22, can you uh, go ahead, uh, Elaine, just go back to verse 22. It says, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord throughout the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So there has been prophecies of what's about to happen. There are more than 300 prophecies about Jesus Christ and the coming of Jesus Christ. And prophecies were given to the nation so that when he comes, he can be recognized by the people. That's why the prophecies were given to them, so that all and all these prophecies are recognized by them, then they can truly say and identify, that is him. That is the Emmanuel. He's been prophesied over a thousand years, and that's who he is. But yet, of course, we know the story that did not happen. So what's going on now? Can you put Matthew 1.1? So here's the thing that's going on. In the history of uh, the present day of what's going on in Matthew is this. They were under the Roman rule, okay? But look at this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Last week, or this past few weeks, we were just doing the, the unwavering series we've been talking about, too. Abraham and what was the reoccurring passage that we keep talking about I will bless you Abraham I will give you a land isn't it not so so Jesus is going to come out of what he's a son of Abraham so that means Jesus is what Jewish he's from Abraham okay so that means he had a claim to the land he had a claim to Israel and then it also says that he was the son of David who's David Another covenant with God. David was the king. He was the second king, but I believe he was really supposed to be the first king. Okay, we don't need to... uh, We'll talk about that some other time. But David was the king. So being a king, being uh, from the line of the king, what does that make you? You have a claim to the king, to the throne, correct? If your father is a king, you have a claim to the throne. So Jesus really has a... Well, a double claim, because Joseph came from Solomon, then Mary came from uh, Nathan uh, in the book of Luke. Okay? He had a double claim to the throne. And for, uh, for so many years, what's going on with uh, Israel at this moment is that they were under the Babylonian rule. Though they were covenanted by God to have their own land, they were covenanted by God to have a king at this present moment in Matthew, They were under a governor called Herod who was ruled by the Roman. They were covenant by God to have their own land. They were covenant by God to have their own king. Yet both of them, they did not have at the present moment. And that's why the people were crying out for a deliverer. They were crying out to get us out of this situation. See, from, from, uh, I mean, the story really begins from, from Adam and Eve but let's go uh, fast forward a little bit to David. David became the king. God made a covenant with David saying that there would always be a king coming from your line. That's it is. The son of David. Jesus was a son of David. Always be a king. But at this proce- uh, present moment the divided kingdom came. The Assyrians came took over Israel, the Babylonians came, took over Israel, Alexander the Great came, took over Israel, some two other guys came, took over Israel, the Maccabees uh, uh, revolted, uh, for some reason they got a little bit of freedom, and then the Romans came, and now they're under the Roman rule, covenanted by God to have their own land, covenanted by God to have their own king, but yet at the present moment, they had none. There were a people called the Jews, but they did not have a king. There were people called the Jews, but they did not have their own land. They were under a rulership of another nation and another empire. That's what's going on at this place. And that's why some of the songs that we sing for Christmas, it's a cry out to, O come, O come, Emmanuel. That was the cry. That was the cry of Israel. The Lord, come now, because this is a hard life, basically. We're under the rulership of another. And that was the problem. That was their problem. Matthew, the book of Matthew was really written for the the Jews, I'm sorry. Um, So that's their present situation. Now we're online, or we're we're in sync. Now can you go back to uh, chapter 18 to 21? Uh, So finally, the prophesied deliverer, they call him the Messiah. And if you've heard some, uh, some of the sisters and the brothers in the church, you probably heard them pray and they would uh, use the title Yeshua HaMashiach. That means Jesus, the anointed one. HaMashiach, the anointed one. Uh, Messiah is really the word anointed in Hebrew. And it was not something new for them to hear. The anointing is a symbol of, of uh, pouring oil on a person called by God, for a certain purpose and for a certain calling. Priests were anointed. The prophets were anointed. The kings were anointed. All of them were anointed. They were poured oil to symbolize that the Holy Spirit is upon them. They're called the Messiah. But yet, the promise or the prophecy was that there would ultimately come the great Messiah. That's what they were supposed to be waiting for, and that's what they're supposed to be crying for. And then finally, it comes in here. It comes in this story, rather. But yet, the purpose why his coming was not the way they were expecting it. They wanted to get out from the Roman rule. They wanted to get out from how many empires from, what did they say, Assyrian, Babylonian, the Persians, one, two, six, seven, seven empires that has ruled over them. They've lost their kingdom, they've lost their land and they're crying out and they're, they've been waiting. They've been waiting for a deliverer to come so that they can finally be a nation and to have their own kingdom. And of course we know it because of the world history it was not until 1948 that that became a reality. That Israel became a state. Not a kingdom but a state. There's a reason behind that. But that's what they've been waiting for. But when Jesus came around or when the Rather, when the angel pronounced or proclaimed that he is coming, it says that, verse 21, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. They want a king. They want to have their own land. They want to be called their own people. But yet, when the angel proclaimed it, it says, He will come so that he can save you from your sin. Not totally what you would expect, correct? I was uh, engaging a, a person a while back, and uh, this person, well, he's got some uh, health condition, and he, was, uh, kind of, uh, he suffered some strokes, so he was kind of uh, uh, paralytic. So we were just talking about the Bible. We were just talking about uh, healings, and he was, really, he was telling me the story. You know, I'm trying to do all of this. I'm trying to do these practices. I'm really hoping that God would heal me. So I was caught... In a in a place where Lord, how do you minister to a people to a person like that? And the Lord uh, pointed me to an account in the Bible. It was about the the paralytic man that was brought by his friend to Jesus. So uh, 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 a guy was brought. He was in a bed. He was paralyzed, and his friend brought him before Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus, uh, what Jesus said was, "Your sins are forgiven." Now, in the natural, you would think the most pressing need of that man was what? Was healing. Wouldn't you think so? At least I can walk. At least I can get my life back. But no, but Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. So I, I found out a little bit about it because uh, the Lord uh, showed me that verse. And finally, the revelation came, and it was that for us, sometimes what we see as our most pressing need And that's what we present to the Lord. That's always what we present to the Lord, what we believe or what we see, what we perceive out of our natural eyes and out of our natural emotions and feeling. That's what we would present to the Lord. But what the Lord was doing is that I will need to take care of what is more pressing or what is the more uh, important need. That's what he was saying. I want to take care of what is more important. And that really is your sin. And that's why... As though the nation of Israel was waiting for a deliverer to come as a one who is a king, one who would deliver them, Jesus came as this, as the anointed one, as the Messiah, who would what? Who would save his people from a sin, from their sin. See, church, sin is serious with God. Yes, we, we, we have problems. We have needs financially. We have needs, what, relationally. We, have, we, we feel sometimes, Lord, when am I going to get married? Lord, when, I, when am I going to get this new job? When can I get out of this boss? I think my boss is the problem, right? Or my co-worker is the problem. That's what we think the problem is. But, in, but, but God knows the problem is not that. The problem is always sin. And that's why he came to deal with the ultimate problem, which is sin. And then he came with the name, can you bring 22 now? What's the name? Pastor Mark mentioned it earlier. Emmanuel, I know the name. Just wanted to know if you know the name. Call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us, okay? This anointed one will not just be one far away, but he would be one who would actually be with us. He can be with us. And that's why he came in the flesh. And that's what the, this series is about. Jesus, or God himself, coming down in the flesh. Coming down as the Emmanuel. And for this week, it's about him coming down as the Messiah, as the Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? And church, I don't know what it is that you believe to be your most pressing need. But I believe that God would come out and God will take her what. You really need. See, when Jesus came into the picture, Israel was it's in it's in in his or her darkest moment. It's what's so interesting is Jesus it's not that he waited for the darkest moment of, of their life, but really it's it's really just to show that in your darkest moment I will come and I will be with you. Amen. So what can we get, or how can we knowing this, knowing that. Uh, that God can come in our lives, in our darkest moment, how can we, how can this make us feel or how, how can this uh, bring about a, a hope in our lives? Because that's what they were waiting for. They were waiting for a hope and a joy because they were just so depressed. They were just uh, rebellion. Everybody was really pulling on uh, becoming the leader in the, po- in, in the political leadership and in the religious leadership. They're always, that's the condition of Israel. And perhaps that's your condition. Sometimes that's how we feel. We always present our, like what I said earlier, we always present the needs that we think is most pressing in our life. And and it's true. In, In the way we see it, that is the most pressing need, isn't it not? But the way God sees it, it's much more than that. God with us, the title Emmanuel. From the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, This really goes back all the way from Adam and Eve. In the garden, you know the story. God was with Adam and Eve. But what separated them? Sin. So this prophesied Emmanuel, this prophesied, the anointed one of God, really started when Adam and Eve was kicked out of the garden. God started to have a plan. The thing with it is God was never far away. He was always following his people. When they were kicked out of the garden, God followed them. Then in the story of Noah... In the story of Moses, the Ark of the Covenant, that was God's heart to be with his people. David was a man that's, that was uh, called by God Himself as a man after my own heart. And you know what Solomon said about his father David? That the heart of my father is to build a temple for, uh, in the name of the Lord God of Israel. That was David's heart. Why a temple? Because in the Old Testament time, that is the only place where God can permanently dwell. That was it. Until, the, uh, until Jesus came. See now that Jesus came. Here, let me end with this. Jesus came as the king because he had the claim to the king. Under the, uh, being the son of David. But in the natural, like what you know, he died. So because he died in the natural, in the physical, he had no heir. So the kingdom stopped. But since he rose again from the dead and now he's alive, he's still the king. Isn't it? He's still the king. And because and the Bible says that those who believe in him, those who believe in Jesus, are now the heirs of God. Isn't it not? So if you're a believer, you are now an heir of God. So your title is really king. Are you getting me? In the physical, he died, so the physical stopped. But in the spirit, in the spiritual, because he continued to live, he is king. And that's why Pastor Mark would always say or always quote that God is making for himself a kingdom uh, or his own kingdom out of the kingdom of man. When you become a believer, you become part of that kingdom because the king continues on. The kingdom continues. I think that's next week's message. I'm sorry, Elmore. (laughs) But anyway, so let's just go ahead and close. Go ahead and show the last passage. Church, when we know that God has sent us a man, an anointed one, an anointed God to be with us, we can always feel comfort. We can always feel comfortable because we know that He's never going to leave us. He's never going to, uh, what was it? Never leave you nor forsake you. And that's, that's what it brings to us, knowing that He's Emmanuel, knowing that He's anointed one of God. Another thing that it brings to us, though, is a little bit more, it's a challenge. And borrowing from Pastor Mark's point last week also, it's really about aligning ourselves with the purposes of God. If he's the king, then we, we, we cannot be the king. Where he's the king of kings, we're king, but at the same time, he is the, kings of, he is the king of kings. We're all kings. By virtue of being, believing in what he has done, but we have ultimately the king of kings. We are a kingdom unto him, but he's still the king of kings. So if he's the king of kings, then therefore the challenge is to faithfully align ourselves with his purpose. Amen? So Phil, it's, it's great to know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. It's great to know that in our darkest moment, just like what we have gone through, In Israel's darkest moment, Jesus came. And, church, if you are here today, let me just uh, begin to just pray. If you're here today and you have your own personal needs, just like Israel, I'm here to say that first and foremost, it has to be dealt with sin. It's not your finances, it's not your marriage, it's not your boss, it's not what's going on in the house. It's always about sin. But, what, but then again, what is sin? Sin, in, in, in the creation account, God said, it says that everything that God created was good. Then he said, but when he saw Adam being, being by himself, he said, it's not good. A.W. Tozer described, then how do you define what is not good? He goes on to say that it is anything that does not conform to the image of God. That's how you define what is not good. And in the perspective of sin, you can describe it that way. Sin is anything that does not conform to the image of God. And that's why it brings forth this curse in our life when there's sin. But thank be to God that Jesus has broken that. Amen. But in order for that to happen in your life, you had to receive him. You have to be walking in him just like uh, the point number two the challenge is to continually and be faithfully be under him amen And if and if you haven't done that if you have not surrendered your life to him I want to give you this opportunity today before we close if that's you you you've been to church and I'm not asking if uh, whatever it is that you believe but you've never Have given your life to God and say, Lord, I will take you as my Lord and I will allow you to be the king over my life. By chance, is there any, if everybody can just bow their heads and close their eyes, I just want to give an opportunity before we close. If you're here and you've never done that, I want to pray with you. Is there anybody here? You can just raise up your hand. Anybody? now let me just pray for another group then if you are here and you already are a believer but the challenge is to continue to walk with him to continue to just abide in him let me pray for you if you can just put your hand over your heart and I will pray for you Father thank you that Christ is our anointed one that through him we become children of you and Father as I am challenged to walk daily I pray oh Lord for these people and I pray, Father, that Lord teach us how to walk continually in faithfulness towards you. Teach us, O oh Lord. And Father, I just pray for us. I pray, O oh Lord, that as this Christmas season begins, Father, may we truly know what it is that we we need from you. May our needs always be seen according to the cross and according to you this I ask in Jesus' name.